Okay, thank you. Good evening. Okay, usually at this time, 9 o'clock, I give the Dvar Malchus here. I will Be'ezus Hashem do that at another time, um, hopefully tomorrow. <coughs> Today, I want to conclude what we left off. I didn't get to finish the information on last on yesterday's shir, in which we were talking about Miketz and the two Kitzim, the two ends, and the two ends meeting, the unique time in history that we live in right now, in which we are at the crossroads where there is the end of the the end of days and the end of of the right. The end of days is the end of the left, and the end of the left and the end of the right are coming together. And the question was which. Which Miketz is the Miketz of the Pasuk? And we were bringing yesterday that it includes both. That there was this combination, this unique, um, intense time that we're in right now in which there is the unholy end, which actually means when unholiness will expire and will end. But, however, in its expiration, at its very end, it is, very, it is, it is <coughs> extremely troublesome and very ugly, and at the same time, at this very, very, at the, at the, when, 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 when that end of the left, Kate's the smoil, as the Zohar refers to it, Kate's some lachoshech, and where the choshech, which is the elements of darkness, have an end, where, as we saw in the Zohar, that end associated with the left, with darkness, is where it executes all of its ugliness, it doesn't even pretend to be a nice guy. And at the same time, it is also the, the, end, the end moments, which really means the beginning of the, 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 the side of revelation, which is the time that we're living in. Again, it's the time of the beginning of the, of the redemption. And it's, but it's called Kate, which Kate means end, because in holiness, when things reach the final lowest level, the final level, the level of Malchus, which is, means that it, reach, it reaches the bottom, and Malchus is called sometimes Yam Suf, it's the Soifa the Koldargan, it's the last level, in where we know our generation is the generation of Malchus, it's the generation of behavior, the generation of action, uh, where it's more important the deed of the mitzvah than the thought and the, and the experiences, the emotions, in the earlier generations, the, what was highlighted in Judaism was the study and then the emotional experiences coming along with it. But as we get to the final, the final stages, it's the generation of Malchus, it's called the feet, and where everything is dependent on actions, behavior. It's about doing the right thing. And yet when we reach the very, very rock bottom of holiness, the very end, the very tail end, which is called Kate's Hayomin, Yomin meaning the right side, which is holy. So as we get to the very, very end of it, that's when it unleashes its infinite power because the end becomes the beginning. And when the end becomes the beginning, it explodes with, into infinity. And so we said yesterday that acharis, um, which is, means the, the end, another word in addition to kates, acharis, which means the end, is gematria keter, keser, which is crown. So here is where the intense revelations of the infinite 
reveal itself. It's based on the idea of not tchilas and b'sayf, from the beginning is wedged in the end. So, in the Pasuk Vahimi Kates, I, I, I showed you that the, the, we, we learned yesterday from the Zohar and from the Midrash and Arizal conflicting interpretations of what the Miketz is. And as I brought you from the Rebbe's talk, and he, he learns it in Rashi, how Miketz includes both. It includes, because both of the things happened in Yosef's life. That was the end of the dark time in his life. And maybe it was two miserable years, the last two years in jail, in prison. It was a very, 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 very dark time, but it was the end of darkness. At the same time, it was already the beginning, the brewing of, of, his, of his redemption and of when Yosef rises. And we find ourselves also in the midst of this, of the two Mikates. And um, I guess it is up to us to choose which Mikates we're living in. This is Parshas Mikates. Which Kates do you want to live in? Do you want to live in the end of exile and then look at all the dark stuff that there are? In other words, I'm noticing in a lot of people, which is very, very important, um, myself too, it's so easy to get caught up with all the dark stuff and follow it and to watch it and get angry and get upset and get, get like frustrated about the lies of the darkness, the lies of Kate Sasmoil of the end of the left. It's so horrible. You get all worked up, you get angry, and your blood pressure goes up. <coughs> and, and it's not that you're in a bad space, it's you, you feel actually good in the sense that you feel like you're justified because you're angry at bad things. But the question is, why do you have to live there? Why do we have to go there? Instead of, instead of living in the cates, in the end of the left, which is the end of darkness, yes, even if we know it's the end of darkness, it's still focusing on darkness. Instead, we can live in the cates hayamin, which is the beginning of light, and focus our energies on the fact that this is already the beginning of the journey towards Giyula, not just the journey towards Giyula, the beginning of the redemption. It's already the start. It's the Kates Hayamin, the beginning, the Acharis, the Ain Sof is exploding. So yesterday we learned, just to go over a few points, that Kates Hayamin has two interpretations. One is that it means Malchus, which is the Kates of the right side. It also means Malchus the Kedusha, the Malchus of holiness, Versus the Kates Hasmoil, Kates Kolbasar, Kates Hayomim, all these various um, expressions, which is the Kates of the left side, is Malchus of Klippa, the final actualization of Klippa, of the unholy. But we also learned that Kates Hayomim is called Kates Hayomim because it's the Kates for how long God has cuffed himself, has cuffed his right hand, or he's held back his revelation. And that it ends the time when his right is Heshev Yodai Ochor, that he's hidden his right hand behind him and not revealing his powerful light. The end is coming to that restraint. It is a, the restraining power is expiring and God's right hand is going to be released to be activated. I guess it goes hand in hand with what we were saying that from Malchus of Kedusha, Suddenly, it, it, it Malchus, the moon, rises up to be equal to the sun till she even becomes even greater. That's when the release of the right side, when the right hand is, 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 is unrestrained and you have blinding godly revelation in the world, the lights of Kedusha. So this is 
second explanation. We're soon gonna hold on. We're soon gonna get to a third interpretation in Kate's Hayomin, in the Kate to the right side. Um, we did it, so just like I, I mentioned yesterday that in the word Nikates, the, 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 we can read the Nikates of the Parsha. According to the Zohar, it's a very dark Kates. According to Rashi too, in the simple reading of Rashi, Rashi says, kol loshin Kates loshin soif, end. So it's the end of a dark period. That's what's highlighted. But as I mentioned from the Ariza, and I'm sorry, from the Midrash, where the Midrash says that Miketz means that Hashem set a Kates for how long Yosef will sit in darkness, and that now this is the Kates, and this is the beginning from where he will shoot forth. Like the, and further illustrated by the Holy Ari, and where the Ari says on the words Miketz that this is Kates Hayomin. Hayomin, the Kates of the right side, means the beginning of the glorious days. Regarding Shinosayim Yomin, regarding, it says, Mihimikates, it was Mikates, Shinosayim Yomin. Two years. Those two years, what do, what do they mean? So yesterday we discussed that the two years um, was the actual, what was necessary to facilitate the redemption. In other words, it was necessary, this idea of two years, to allow for Yosef's liberation. And the reason is because the, the mystical interpretation of Shnasayim Yamin according to the Zohar, which means, notwithstanding the fact that the Zohar says Miketz is a very dark element, referring to the most extreme elements of the dark side, which, are, which is related to Vayish Kocheyu, where it says in the last words of Parshas Vayeshev that he, he forgot him. The forgetfulness is, is one of the characteristics of the left side. It forgets, which by the way is <laughs> so amazing how it's all playing out. But the Vayishkacheyu, the forgetfulness that's there, which brought a shikha, which caused a... And as I mentioned yesterday, it could be that Yosef also felt this forgetting. And I mentioned yesterday that Yosef tried to evoke the elements of holiness, which is remembrance, anti-forgetting. He asked to be remembered, but being that he asked the wrong guy, he asked the klipa, he didn't, which the klipa is essentially forgetfulness. So what he evoked, what he stirred up were powers of forgetfulness. That's why it says two things. It says the Sar HaMashkin, the butler didn't, Loi Zachar didn't remember him, Vayish Kocheyu, and he forgot him, which means Yosef provoked the forces of forgetfulness. And they kind of, if I can say, um, jammed Yosef. They jammed Yosef's soul. They were jamming his, his frequency. They were jamming his connection for two years. So that's the Zohar's interpretation on Miketz. But the interpretation on the word Shinasayim Yamim, the Zohar says, actually means that the lower level where there is for, where there is, where there isn't remembrance, asar the lay space hero, where there is no re remembrance, has arisen to the higher level where there is remembrance. So yesterday we discussed the pirush of the tzemach tzedek on this, that the lower level where there is where there isn't any remembrance, 
exists in holiness as well. And that is in Malchus, which is holy, Malchus of Kedusha, it's called Asar de Mishtani, a place that changes. If it changes, there is forgetfulness, because Malchus is the source, the feminine level. It's the source of finite creation. And in finite creation, things come to an end, because finite, and therefore, there could be forgetting. In order to make a fixing, and that's the source, obviously, as I mentioned yesterday, from the Kates Hayomin, from the Kates of the right side, her legs, the lowest levels of Malchus, are vested even in the Kates Hasmoil, in the Kates of the left side, in the Kates Hayomim, in the end of days, giving it power. And that's what we spoke yesterday, in which we say, You need that Malchus should lift her feet, pull it out from her investment in, in the dark side of the left. Extract. And maybe, I was just thinking this last night after I gave the shear, maybe part of that extraction of Malchus from the left side includes all of us listeners to this class. And I know many people who listen to this class are, 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 are think like me and therefore are in, 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 in doing the same thing that I have been doing following the news and getting angry and frustrated and 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 and, and reading all the all the garbage that is out and it and it gets it gets you really upset but that itself gives it life why does it give it life because we're invested in it so here it is it's the foot of Ma and we are the we are the feet of malchus because we're the feet souls the last souls so we are the feet of the shechina and the shechina's feet have to be pulled out menashuk from the marketplace from this unholy market from the media, where they're marketing all this garbage to us all day long. So let's not look there. Let's put our heads rather in the books, in the holy writings. Let's learn about Mashiach. Let's focus on the Kate Hayomin, at the awesome good days that are coming our way. If anything, there's a lesson in tonight's class, let this be the lesson. Let's shut that down. Let's go out from exile. When we go out, and again, we think we're justified in, in following it because we are hoping it will fall, and we're reading it to see it fall. We're reading to see its, <coughs> its exposure of its lies. But it isn't good because that itself, where we're getting upset about it and worked up about it, that's pumping energy into it. We've got to pull out of it. Just like the Shekhinah is going to pull her legs out. The Kate's Hayomin has to pull out from Kate's Hayomim, from the Kate's Hasmoil. Pull out of there and let it die because without holiness, it dies. Without our interest in it, it will die. Now, um, uh, where, where was I going with this? So, um, oh, so that level, which is called the place where there is forgetting, which is the lowest level of holiness, again, real shikha, real intense forgetfulness, is an is in Klippa, in the unholy. But there's nothing original in, 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 in unholiness. Even its weaknesses are not original. Even its weaknesses start in holiness. Because it has nothing original. It's just a copycat. So even its dark elements and its, and its, and its, and its, and its lacking, it doesn't originate the lacking. It takes that also, it translates that from holiness. So even forgetting begins in holy. There's a mitzvah in holiness actually relating to forgetting. You can, you can do a mitzvah with forgetting. We'll actually mention that soon. 
There's a mitzvah that in your field, when you're, cut, when you're sharing the, cutting the crops, if you, if you forget a bundle in the field, you have to leave it for the poor. So you see, there is forgetting in the holy, where it's a mitzvah to forget, because <laughs> like does the poor get? So you can see that even forgetting exists in the holy. And spiritually, the sphere of Malchus has within it already forgetting. It's the source for forgetting. But obviously, nothing to be proud of. <laughs> forgetting is not a good thing. And again, from the forgetting of holy, it creates and sustains the ultimate forgetting of the unholy. So what we want over here is that <coughs> the level of Malchus, which is forgetting, rises and connects to a level where there is no forgetting. And that's the yichud that we spoke yesterday, that the feminine realm attaches itself to the masculine realm, mascul in the masculine realm, which is called in Hebrew, zachor. Zachor means to remember. Being that the masculine level of divinity is generally male and female, male is stronger, female is weaker. So the weakness of the female element is because it's the source of the finite world, which again, as we mentioned any, uh, all the time, it's forgetfulness comes as it's an inherent part of being finite because every finite thing means it has a beginning and it has an end. And when something ends means it doesn't end abruptly. It means it begins to expire when it starts. It doesn't have an infinite power to go on forever. And that's the idea of forgetting. Eventually, if you get a little, 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 it gets further, further till it expires completely. So Malchus, being that it's the source of finiteness, it's the source of forgetting, is elevated, and that's why it's, it's a weak level, gets embraced by her husband, and she unifies with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the masculine level, which is strong, the male element, which is infinite, where there's no forgetting. That's the idea of Shinasayim Yamim, the two years, because as we mentioned yesterday, I want to go over it, two dimensions of time. The lower time, the, t the, t the lower year, the year or the 12 months of Malchus, where the Shana, the year, as we mentioned yesterday, comes from the word Shinoi, change, which needs to attach itself to a level where masculine time, masculine year, where there is no Shinoi, there is no change, it's loishanisi, consistency, no change. Similar to the difference between the sun and the moon. The moon, the, the moon is changing continuously. Every night she looks different. And sometimes she's there, sometimes she's not there. The moon is, the sun is consistent, representing the consistency of the infinite. Doesn't, doesn't budge, doesn't change. Loishanisi, no change. And the, and the time, the element of the 12 months of change, the year of change, attaches itself to the year where there is no, where there is consistent, no change. And that's the idea of the Shnasayim Yamim. So the Shnasayim Yamim is the rectification on the Vayishkacheyu, on the forgetfulness. And then once God's involvement, as we spoke yesterday, from the level of Sechira, from the level of remembrance, then his engagement and his involvement is very personal and very intimate, as opposed to just allowing the world to run its course naturally. There was also the miracles, the engagement, and that's why Yosef had his geula, Yosef had his redemption. That was the Pirush we said yesterday, which is the Pirush of the Zohar, that the two years is already the chibur, the lower year and the higher year, is what's leading up 
to the next event, which is Paro's dreams, which is the release of Yosef. So I'd like to, before we continue into some other things that we kind of left out, loose ends from yesterday, I'd like to give you another two interpretations on the two years, mystical interpretations associated with what we're learning on, these, on the two years. As I mentioned, the Arizal says, an interesting thing, I, I didn't mention this part of the Ari yesterday. I did mention that Miketz, the Ari says, means... This is called the right side. Kates is the Kates of the right. Okay. But the Arizal before that begins with the two years. Before he says what the Kates is, he says the two years. He says like this, in Ishnesayim Yomim, the two years, Gematria Tavshin Lamid is Gematria 730. How do you get 730 from Shnesayim Yomim? He says Shnesayim Yomim is two times, two years, two times Shana. How many days are there in a Shana? So I told you yesterday that in the lunar year, 355, Gamatriya Shana, or 354, because it's between 354 and 355. But in, this, in the solar year, we know it's 365. Two years, he says, is two times 365. Ratzaloi Shana, because in every year, Shin Samache Yomim is 365 days, and two times 365 comes out 730. Okay. But he says, you're not, you're not finished. 730. But he says you have to add six. Why do you add six? Because you also count the letters. In order to complete this gematria, the Holy Arisel says you got to add the six letters of the 365. Because again, it's got Shin Samache and Shin Samache, 365, 365. But Shin Samache itself is digits. So you have to add to the, to the 730, you add another six single digits. Every letter of Shin Samache, Shin Samache, which is the two Shana, the two years, um, equal one. So it's another six. So you get to 736. Okay. Vav Oisi is Shin Samachay, Shin Samachay, Gematria Tavshin Lamed Vav. The Gematria of Tavshin Lamed Vav. And he says, so what's significant about the number 736? He says it's Keminyan, it is the Gematria of Adna, the name Aleph Dalet Nun Yud, which we know is the name of, related to Malchus, called Adon, Master. Adna Pashut, the simple Gematria, <coughs> which is. 65, because Aleph, Dalid, Nun, Yud. Let's do it together. Nun and Yud. Nun is 50, Yud is 10, six is 60. And Aleph and Dalid is another 5. Aleph is 1, Dalid is 4, 65. Okay. Umeluoi and then the Miloi. That means if we add together the gematria of Aleph, Dalid, Nun, Yud itself, plus the miloi of Aleph, Dalet, Nun, Yud. What's the miloi? Miloi, we always learn, is the hidden letters that you don't see. For example, in the word Aleph, you can count Aleph as one, or you can see the whole word Aleph. If you see the whole word Aleph, it's Aleph, Lamed, Pei, it's Gematria 111. A 
111, Lamed and Pei is 110. Lamed is 30, Pei is 80, is 110. Plus an Aleph, it's 111. So, but, so when we take the word now, so I'm going to use, I brought a little board over here. So let's do this together. Spell out. Spelling out the word Ado Aleph Dalit Nun Yud. I'm going to put this in over here so we'll get a little closer. Here we go. Um, Dalid, Aleph, Dalid, Nun, Yud. So let's fill in the numbers. Over here we got one. Gonna be a little hard. Okay, I'm gonna have to write it small. I didn't leave myself enough space. Oops. Nope. Let's do this. I'm not too good at this. As you know, you listen to my classes. You haven't seen me do this much. There's a lot of gematria tonight, so I wanted to make it clearer. Okay. So this is one. This is thirty. Let's make this clearer. One. This is thirty. And pay is 80. Together, 130 and 80 is 111. Okay, now we get the Dalit. So the Dalit is 4. The Lamid is 30. And the Tuf is 400. So let's add that up together. 434. Okay, 434. Then nun. I don't know what I did over here. I messed this thing up really bad, but okay. I wanted to, okay. So nun is 50. <laughs> Not consistent, I'm sorry. Vav is 6. And again, nun is another 50. So 50 together, it's 106. 1, O. Oh, Six. And Yud is 20, because Yud is 10. Vav is 6, and Dalit is 4. Add it together, 10 and 6 and 4 is 20. So now let's add these numbers together. 111 plus 434 plus 106 plus 20. Let's make the gematria over here. Six and four is 10, plus one is 11. Bring a one down over here. Okay, one and one is two, plus three is five, plus two is seven. Yeah, is that correct? Let me make sure. Two plus three is five, plus two is seven, yeah. One plus four, one plus four 
is 5 plus 5 plus um, 1 is 6. So it's gematria 671. This is the miloi of shame adna. Okay? Again, the miloi, the filling, the, the filled shame adna, the, the filling letters is 671. But he said earlier, you have to add also the gematria of Aleph, Dalet, Nun, Yud without the miloi. So you do adna plus adna with the miloi. So 671, let's put 671 over here. Plus 65, because 60, Aleph, Dalet, Nun, Yud, I showed you earlier, was 65. So let's add this up. 1 plus 5 is 6. 7 plus 6 is 13. And 1 plus 6 is 7. So what's our number? Magic number, 736. Well, that's what the two, the Shana, if you take the two years, each year's 365 days, 365 and 365, we brought us to 7. 7.30, and then you count the six, six letters equals, what did we say? 7.36, exactly this number. So the two years, the period of two years is related somehow to the name of Aleph Talad Nun Yud, which we know Aleph Talad Nun Yud is the name associated with Sfiras HaMauchus, Mauchus itself, and for some reason, a very complete relationship to Sviris Amalchus, because it's the name itself plus the name with its fillings. Gives you 736. And then he concludes, that's all he says, Gematria for who and this is called the Kates of Yamin. Now, what's the relationship? Why is this called Kates Yamin? those who were listening what we said earlier and yesterday, it's very simple. Because what did we say before is the Ketz HaYomin. You got the right side, the whole long chain-like of spheros of attributes till you get the down, the last of the attributes, Spheros HaMalchus. So Spheros HaMalchus, which is the name Aleph, Dalet, Nun, Yud, is Ketz, it's the end of Yomin, and which seems to be the lowest and weakest, and as we're gonna see in a moment, related to what he's saying, but precisely at this lowest point is where all the potency is because as we said before, Malchus becomes the crown. She explodes into the infinite. It doesn't expire. In the left side, when you reach the very end, it's very nasty and ugly, but then it's just bang. It, 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 it completely implodes on itself and destroys itself. In holiness, it explodes into the infinite at its very lowest point. But what does he mean? So he says, Shinosayim Yamim is exactly Miketz. Because Ketz is the Ketz Ayamin. And that's Shinosayim Yamim. It's the name of Adna. That's the Ketz. So it's the Ketz Ayamin. Okay. Now the, the Rebbe's father, Rebbe Levi Yitzchak, um, gives over here an interesting explanation on the significance of this number, Tavshin Lamed Vav, 736, and why it's related to this story, to this forgetfulness that we're talking about. And it's different, and it comes out according to that that it's quite different than the Zohar. I mean, at least from my limited perspective. 
In the Zohar's explanation, the content of the two years, as we explained it according to the Tzemach Tzedek, what does it mean? The lower year, which is Malchus, where there is forgetting, or rather where there is no remembrance. He doesn't say there is forgetting over there. But a place where there is no, for, no remembrance yet, rises up to attach itself to the higher level of time where there is Zechira, where there is remembrance. And from there comes Yosef's redemption. So the concept of Shnasayim Yamim is a chibur of lower time to higher time. So the concept of the two years is the remedy for forgetting. It's the anti-forgetting. Okay? According to the Rebbe Yitzchak, who is explaining this passage of Arizal, he says, well, what happened during the two years? That during the two years wasn't a time of remembrance. Actually, Yosef, it was added on another two years of darkness to Yosef, in which Yosef was forgotten. And the butler forgot him for those two years. Later, the butler remembered him. Not be, like we discussed yesterday, not because the two years were over and then he remembered because he remembered because of a new event that happened. Because God got involved and got power to dream. But yet, the two years was a time of forgetfulness. So he learns in the Ari, in this idea of the, of the Tafshin Lamed Vav, its association with forgetting, not its association with remembering. Which would mean that this is all part of the negative part of the story, the two years. When the two years were over, there came a remembrance. <laughs> I, what I was struggling with when I was learning this yesterday and trying to put this all together was that I was finding over here then that there seems to be a crossover between the Zohar and the Ari regarding the Pirush of Mikates and regarding the Pirush of Shnasayim Yomim in exchange. Because according to the Zohar we learned yesterday, Mikates itself is a dark end. The end, the Zohar says, the end of Ketzam L'choshech. It's the, it's, the, it's the vicious powers of darkness that are there at the end of the left. That's Mikates. However, the Shnasayim Yomim, according from the Zohar, is positive. Because as we said before, it's fighting the, 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 the left end. It comes to counter the Mikates. The Shnasayim Yomim is the level of Malchus rising, which leaves room for Mikates, picking herself up, withdrawing from being a source for Mikates, and going up to the higher year so that it can be remembrance. So Mikates, according to that, is dark, and Shnosayim Yomim is bright. According to the Ari, just based on the reading that I'm doing now, and with the interpretation of the Rebbe's father, it seems the opposite. Mikates is the good Kates. It's Kates Hayomin. It's the Kates of the right side. It's not a dark Kates. It's a bright Kates. But the Shnosayim Yomim the two years, which he brings over here, which is Tavshin Lamed Vav, is associated with forgetfulness, with darkness.
So that's where I'm having a hard time. How, how does the Arizal make the, the, the Miket so bright and the Shnasayim Yomim dark? And the Zohar is saying the Shnasayim Yomim is the remedy and the Miket is dark. So I'm still struggling with that a little bit. I have a way to, to, to work this out a little bit, but not for now. First, I'd like to interpret what the, re, the, 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 the Rebbe's father, Rebbe Levi Yitzchak Schneerson, again, master Kabbalist, how he interprets this Ari, the significance of this number, 736, which is Tafshin Lamidvav, which this number, 736, is the gematria both of two years with the six letters, and this is um, the name of Aleph Dalet Nun Yud in its completion, as we discussed earlier. What's the significance of that? So he says, first of all, the word Tavshin Lamed Vav is the word, spells the word Tashelu. Now, is there such a word Tashelu? Yes, he finds it. The Rebbe's father scans the whole Tanakh, all of scripture, and beep, 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 he picks up a word. We're in Ruth. In the reading of Ruth, uh, Megillas Rus, so over there, Boaz is talking to his people that are working in the field. He notices this young girl, this Moabite princess, who just came back from Moab. She was, they were poor, they hadn't anything. So she went out into the field to collect the gifts of the poor. The gifts of the poor is the certain things that you leave for the poor. You have to leave at the end of the field called peah. Then you have to leave just in case you, when you're cutting and when you grab a bunch of wheat, you pick up the sickle and you cut. So if one or two little individual stalks fall down, you're not allowed to pick it up. That's called leket. You have to leave it. So on different gifts. As I mentioned you earlier to you earlier, one of the gifts of the poor is called shikha. If you forget a bundle, two things. Either if you forget bundles on the ground, after you sheave sheaves, like we learned in last week's Torah portion, after you sheave it, you tie them together, and then you collect all the bundles to take them to the main uh, granary, we're going to pile them up. Um, if you forgot a little pile, a one or two, three already is not called forgetting, but if you forgot one or two, you're not allowed to go, but then you see it later, remember, you're not allowed to go take it back, it's called shikha. Or if you forgot to cut a certain part of the field, if you're cutting, you're, and you forget a certain part, you're not allowed to go back and take it, up to a certain amount, okay? That's called shikha. So Boaz is very impressed with this girl, and he wants to help her. So he tells his sharecroppers or whatever they're called, the guys who are cutting in the field, he tells them that they shouldn't purposely forget. They should forget. See to it to forget so that she has, she collects a lot. So he uses the words, one of the words he uses, She should be amongst the 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 amarim, the um, the stalks, the the pile, the the, the uh, amar is a a, um, a bundle. Gam, don't embarrass her. Gam shayl tashulula. You should also 
Shol Toshulu Rashi says, Shakech Teshakcho, make sure to forget. Asu Atzmachem Kilu Ateshoikcha, make yourself like you're forgetting. So she's going to collect it, and I want to, fine. So, Tafshin Lamidvav 736 is the, is in Hebrew, the word which it spells represents forgetting. Ah. So there is, now it makes sense that in the two years the butler forgot. Because this concept of two years and the two, the, 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 which, which, which spell the word 736, Gematria Tavshin Tashelo means forgetting. But what's the Pneumius? And why does the Arizal associate it with the name Aleph Dalet Nun Yud? Well, based on what I told you earlier, that Sphira Samalchus is the source of finite. If it's the source of finite, that's why it's where it makes it possible for forgetting. Like we say to God, why are you forgetting us? So you have to say that that why forever will you forget us? There's a simon that exists, the concept of forgetting. On the lowest level of Shekhinah that exists the element of forgetting. Why? Because it's a source of the finite. And in the finite, again, forgetting means it expires, it wears out, or it wears off, comes to an end. Or another terminology, Forgetfulness comes from achorayim, comes from the back, from the hindsight. In the front, there's no forgetting. And let me explain that even in psychological terms. The front means the panemius. Face in Hebrew means front. Panem means front. It also means inwardness. So in Kabbalah it says, and the altar of it brings it in Tanya, that all forgetting comes from acharayim, from the back. In the front, there is no forgetting. What does that mean? When something is extremely, extremely essential to you, which means it's your, you're attached to it in the most deepest inner way, you can't forget it. When from the very onset your attachment to something is through your backside, not through your panemias, then you can forget. So that's why it's, it's always a terrible excuse to say to someone, I forgot your wedding or forgot your bar mitzvah or something. It means that it was never too important. Had it etched itself, had it lodged itself into, my, into your inner realm, into your front, you would have never forgotten. If, if you're picking it up from, to begin with, with your backside, which means it's, it's acharaya means always the, the external element. If it's, it relates to you only externally and not internally, it means it doesn't touch you in a deep place, you can forget. So this explains, oh, so now malchus is considered in general the acharaya in the back. Why? You see when Adam and Chava were created. Adam was in the front and Chava was in the back. And then Hashem separated her. There were, two, there, were two, there were two people. Adam in the front and Chava in the back. Now Chava was made to be the back. The Shekhinah was made to be the back for a purpose. Because only the back means the energy is limited 
less weakened. It is, I'm saying it is diminished and weakened and lessened for the purpose because ultimately God wants to create a finite world from the internal inner elements of the supernal man above a creation so detached would never be able to be created. So there needs to be the idea of acharai in the back. But now we understand why the name Aleph Dalet Nun Yud, if you add the Aleph Dalet Nun Yud and the milu of it, which is the idea of Malchus, which Malchus is called Acharayim, and in general it's also called Moichen Dekatnos, it's the small Moichen, the limited, it's where the energies are the most constricted, that's where forgetfulness can happen. So according to this, how does it fit, however, there? The Arizal is not negating the Zohar. How does it fit when we say that the concept of Shnasayim Yama means that the lower year, Malchus, a place, the Lezbe Zechira, where there is no forgetfulness, ascended to a place, I'm sorry, a place where there is forget, a place where there's no remembrance, that's what I meant, rises to a place of remembrance, what it means is, how does it fit with what we're saying now, that the concept of the two years itself is the, the root, there's no zakhira there, there's no remembrance in the two years. So according to this interpretation, you have to say, and I'm going to prove that in a moment, that in the two years itself, no, that's the idea of shikha, of forgetting. And that's why what... Again, different than what I, it's, it, it is a different period than what we said earlier, that the two years represent, like the Tzemach Tzedek says, lower time and higher time. That means that the, one of the two years is a place of remembrance. Loishanisi, no change. And the second year is the, the place of forgetting. And the two years bonding together. I'm definitely going away from that period. But I'm not going away from the concept that the Zohar says, that the redemption came as a result of the lower level ascending to the higher level. It's just the question is, what does the two years mean? Definitely the lower level ascended to the higher level, but according to the Arizal's Pirush, that happened after the two years. That means when the two years were over, when we completed the time of Mochen Dekatnas, of Adna, of both years represent the, the lower time, then after that we came out from Moichen de Katnus. The, the, the time of Moichen de Katnus was over, of, of Acharayim, of backside, was over, and now there can be Panim Bapanim, face to face. That means Malchus rises from her lower Acharayim state and goes to join her husband in this embrace. And, but that happens after the two years. Okay? Now, supporting that idea, is the Ramaz, Ramosha Zakusi. When Ramosha Zakusi says regarding Dishnasayim Yomim, the two years, in his Pirish to the Zohar, when he says the lower level rose, he says it in the Pirish of the Zohar, he says the lower level rose up to the higher level. He's explaining what's the relationship of Miketz. If we say Miketz, again, he's not interpretation on the Ari, the Ramaz. The Ramaz is giving an interpretation on the Zohar. If we say Miketz means the left side, 
the dark Kates, Kates Hasmoel. A place where this powerful force of forgetfulness overtook Yosef, as we spoke earlier, jammed him during those two years. So how does it fit with the concept of two years? So the Ramaz says as follows. And he, and he too associates, different than what we just said, different than the, the Ari, that it's two years represent 736, energy where there is forgetfulness. He says along the same lines, but different. But the same idea that the two years represent the power of shikha, forgetting. That's why the butler forgot. But he clearly says, it was when we come out of the two years, that's when the lower level ascends to the higher level and, we, 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 and, and there is a rectification and there's no more forgetfulness. But his pirush is very gishmak. And again, it's different than what we just said. But a very cool idea. And he, go, he says the same, he begins like the Ari, same idea, that what? Okay, he says like this. I, following the concept we said earlier that remembrance is associated with the front and forgetfulness is associated with the back. But he takes it to a much higher place. It is known, let me, before I start writing, <laughs> it is known that um, in the four parshios of the tefillin, which correspond to the four mochin, the four um, powers of the mind, which is chachma and bina, and then das. Chachma means wisdom, bina means, means understanding, das is knowledge, but das splits in two, so that's why it's four. We have four parshios in the tefillin. In the four parshios of the tefillin, the one that speaks about remembering it says, it should be a sign on your hand, and to remembrance between your eyes. And it also says, remember the day you went out of Mitzrayim, is in the first of the four portions. The first one is the the power of Chachma, and it says that the remembrance is in, is in Chachma. Now, if you remember yesterday, if you remember, we hope you remember, because learning all about remembrance. I told you that in Malchus, there's already possible forgetting. But in Yesod, Yesod is, is male, the masculine. In, this, in general, there's an Anpin, 
the six emotions, all masculine emotions, there's no forgetting. And male is called Zachar. And particularly, it's Sviras HaYesod is called the male of the male. And it's called Zachar. But, yeah. And the reason I explained was because that's where the energy is still infinite. Malchus is where things start getting restricted and limited and adapted to a finite universe. Still, Malchus is still an, an infinite attribute. It's still part of the tail end of the divine, but it's where things change and get acclimated already. The energies are reduced to, so to speak, exit God. So Malchus itself has already the concept relatable to forgetting. But here it's ain't so. Based on that idea, we can take that higher. The Ze'er Anpin, although it's infinite, it's the Kotzet, the end of the Ein Sof, as opposed to Malchus, which is considered already the soul of creation, is the end of the Ein Sof. But still, once you're going past Bina, Bina, Ze'er Anpin, you're already talking already about some form of a design, some form of a limitation. The real Ein Sof is in Sphira Sachachma, because Chachma is Koachma, it's the recipient, it's where the it's where the infinite, it's where the lights of Keter, which Keter is purely Ein Sof, are residing in Chachma. And that's why the real place of never forgetting is Chachma. Chachma is, is, the, is the Moach HaZikoron. That's where remembrance happens. In the Mochim. From Chachma, it connects to Bina as well, because we know Chachma funnels all of its light down into Bina. So in Chachma and in Bina, there is zikaron, there is remembrance. Primarily in Chachma, but it goes into Bina as well. In as much that Chachma and Bina are train rei and the loimis parshin, the two friends that never separate. So therefore, there is remembrance. But, where is there the real zikaron? In the pnimius of Chachma and Bina. Where does forgetfulness really start? in a very subtle level. Again, the possibility for forgetting really man is already in Malchus, much lower. But where does it start? In the backside of Chachma and Bina. Because remember, all forgetting is from the back, in the Acharayim. So in Chachma and in Bina, on the back of it, that's where forgetting happens. And he proves it as follows. He says like this. We know, based on so much what we learned already in the past, that the four names of God, I am Bez, the God's name is Yudke Vavke, the Tetragrammaton, right? But the Tetragrammaton has different fillings, which result in different numeric value the filling of the letters, which means the hidden letters that we spoke about earlier. So the yud Vavke can be filled that it will, where after the filling, it gets equals to 72, called Shem Ayin Beis. Then it can be filled with different hidden letters, and then it's called Shem Samach Gimel Sag. It can be filled and it's called, it equal, where it becomes, where, it, where, the, where the numeric value is 45. Then it's Shem Ba. And it can be filled in, in a manner in which the resultant number is 52. It's called Shem Ban. So it is 
discussed many times that in Chachma, when the Yud Kevavke is manifesting in, in Chachma, it's 72. In Bina, it's 63. In the Zeiranpin, it's 45. And in Malchus, it's 52. So now, if Chachma is Ayin Beis, 72, that means you take the Yud Kevavke, and let, 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 let me show you how it's said. I'm not going to put it over there because I'm going to use that for a more advanced uh, gematria. But Yud, Yud is Yud Vav Dalid. So Yud is 10 and Vav and Dalid is another 10, is 20. Hey, you fill it with Yuds. So Hey and Yud is 15. So 20 and 15 is 35. Vav is also spelled with a yud, viv, vav, yud, vav. So vav and vav is 12 plus 10 is 22. 30 plus 22 is 52. It's, I, I, I messed something up here. Something I was off. Let's start again. Yud is 20. Hey is 15. Ah, so that's 35. Not 30, 35. 35 plus 22 is 57. 57 plus 15, the last, last hey is in a hey and a yud. 57 plus 15 is 67 plus 5, 72. Okay? So the name of God radiating in Chachma is 72. Now, What's the name of God in Bina? So earlier I told you that the name of in Bina, it's 63, Shem Samach Gimel. That's when we're associating Bina to Yud Kei Vav Kei, to the Tetragrammaton. But in many calculations, for whatever reason, it means different facets in Bina. Bina is a massive attribute with, with so many different facets to it. So one of the names associated with Bina is the name Eke. Aleph, Hey, Yud, Hey. Eke. That's so when God says to Moshe, Eke, when the Jewish people ask me, what's your name? Tell them, Eke, Asher, Eke. So Eke is associated with Bina. I'm not going to get into why Eke is associated with Bina in this class. It's really fascinating why, but not for now. Let's do the miloi, the hidden letters of Eka. So let's do that together over here so that you will see. Um, it, we start with an Aleph. Let's do it over here. Aleph, Aleph, Lamed, Pei. Let's do it easier. So we'll do it like this. Not gonna take up so much. This is 111. I did that earlier already. Aleph. What's the next letter? Hey. And the hey is going to be filled with a yud. That's 15. Eke, Aleph, hey, yud. Yud, vav, dalid is 20. Okay. And I'm just going to make it this, I can erase it. And then the last one is a hey. So hey is spelled with a hey yud. 
15. So let's add this up. 15 and 15 is 30. 30 plus 20 is 50. 111 plus 50 equals 161. Kuf Samach Aleph, 161. Now, so the name of God in Bina, in the Miloi, let's do the Miloi, the, Miloi, the name of God is Eke in Bina. You do the Miloi, you do the filling, you get 161. And that's the Pnimius of Bina, the inner dimension of Bina. Chachma, what was the, the name of God in Chachma? Yudke Vavke, filling it with the, as we spoke earlier, 72. So let's make 161 plus 72. So 1 plus 2 is 3. 6 plus 7 is 13. And 1 plus 1 is 2. 233. The gematria of 72. Shem Havaya, Bimiloi Yudin, which is 72, together with Eke, Bimiloi, which is 161, Kufsamachalos. Ayim Beis and Kuf Samach Aleph is 233. Very significant number, 233. Watch this. Why this is so significant. 233. Now let's take a look at this word, very important word. Remember, remember is the word Zachor. Let's do the Gematria. Resh is 200, Vav is 6, 26, plus 20, Chaf is 20, 226, plus Zion, which is 7, 226 plus 7, 233. So the word Zachor, which means to remember, is Gematria 233, which is the exact Gematria of, as I made sure, the Chachma and Bina, 72 and 161, the Pneumius of it, because that's where remembrance comes from. So remembrance, Zachor, in Hebrew, everything is perfect. So the idea of memory comes from Pneumius, of the Orain Sof, of the infinite. It's Ayin Beis, which is Havaya and Eke, with their Miloi, unified, gives you remembrance. And we put on the Tefillin every day and connect to those energies that we should never forget. We shouldn't have any forgets. Amalek is associated with forgetfulness. The left side, Ketz we shouldn't be attached to that. Only to remembrance, Zohar. Now, remember that number, very significant, 233. Now, we're going to erase this, not because we want to erase Zachar. This is supposed to be etched in your mind forever. We don't forget. And now what we're going to do is we're going to show where forgetfulness comes from, from the back of Chachma and Bina. Why? Now here the gematria gets a little more complicated. We're going to do the gematria of the Acharayim. So the Arizal explains that whenever you want to get to the backside of any attribute, the way you do the gematria of a word is you do a gematria Acharayim 
which means it actually comes by adding much more numbers, and that actually reduces the energy. It doesn't increase the energy, it reduces the energy. You multiply the letters, and the way you do it is like this. What's the word we want? We want um, yud ke vav ke. Okay? 72, the yud ke vav ke, the premius of yud ke vav ke, but we're doing it in, in a acharayim. So what you do is like this. The way it works is you do like this. You start with yud, Then you do Yud Vav. Then you do Yud Vav Dalid. Is that one second? Let me just remember a second here. I think, hold on one second. No, you don't. I was no. I, I got that. You're, you're not making. Ah, okay, I, I was. I was going off a second. Let's change this. You spell out yud. How much is yud? Yud is twenty. But then you don't just do hey, you put the yud again, yud vav dalid, and plus hey. So yud vav dalid is 20, hey is 15, equals, equals 20 plus 15 is 30. No, uh, same mistake I did before, 35. Then you go yud plus hey plus vav, but the vav is vav yud vav, like we did, like we showed you earlier. Let's do the gematria of this. Yud is twenty, hey fifteen, plus vav is twenty-seven. Thirty-five plus twenty-seven, fifty-seven. 57. Then finally, yud plus hey plus vav yud vav plus um, hey equals. So now let's add this all together. This is 72. We know the name is 72. We're going to add all these numbers together. And that is, let's do it over here. 72 plus 57 plus 35 plus 20. So let's make the, the thing over here. 2 plus 7 is 9. 9 plus 5 is 14. 1 plus 7 is 8. 8 plus 5 is 13, 13 plus 3, 16, 16 plus 2 is 18, 184. So the gematria, the number associated with the back, the back of Chachma, Yudke Vavke, 72 is Chachma, but the back of it, the way you get to the back is 
again, I, I can't tell you the reason for this, but by multiplying the letters and somehow working it down like this, I guess this way it reduces its energy. It's called the backside. You get to the kuf pei dalid, which is the backside of chachma. By the way, chachma is the source where the essence of life happens. It's attachment. It's the first recipient of life. The word, the back of chachma, a hundred is very holy, it's, but it's still the backside. But it's the back where the energy is reduced. One hundred eighty-four is the gematria of the word pakod, which means also to remember, by the way. But it's a back remember, mem remembrance, not a front remembrance. But it's also the word, it is also the word dofik, dofik, which means the pulse. So because the energy that flows in the body, where you get the pulse, is the acharayim, it's the back of chachma. The chachma itself is over here in the brain. It's where life is in its origins. Here, it's the backside of Chachma, the influence of Chachma, as it is. So that's just an interesting idea. Anasos, not related to exactly what we're learning, but I wanted to share that. Okay. So this is the backside of Chachma. Let's remember 184. I'm going to erase all the numbers besides the 184. Because that we have to keep. And we'll take you to the to the backside of Bina. Let's do the same thing we just did with Chachma. And we will do it with Bina. And here we go. The Bina is Eke. So let's do this. We start with an Aleph. Aleph Lamed Pei. Which equals, we did already before, 111. Then we do Aleph. Again, it's the back side. So we're going to make Aleph. And what's the next word? In plus. Hey, 15. So let's do the gematria here. 111 plus 15 is 121, 126. Now, Aleph plus Hey plus, what is it? Eh. Keh, plus Yud. So it's, it's going to come out to 126 plus 20. So that's 146. And now, Aleph plus Hey plus Yud plus Hey equals. So it's 146, because we're getting all this together, plus another 15. 146 plus 15, 156, 161. Yeah, that's what we had before. Yeah, remember we said the gematria of this was all together is 161. So now let's add these together. 111 plus 126 plus 146 Plus 161. Let's do the math. I was never too good in math, so don't. 6 and 6 is 12. Plus 2 is 14. Okay. 1 and 1 is 2. 
4, 8, 8 plus 6, 14. One, two, three, four, five. Five forty-four. Okay, so the gematria of the Acharayim of Bina of Eke, the name Eke, and again we this is how we get to the Acharayim is five forty-four. Now we go five uh, one eighty-four plus five forty-four. Let's add this up. Four and four is eight. Eight and four is um, 12. One and one, it's so basically 728. Okay. So the Acharayim, the back of Chachma and Bina together equals 728. What's significant with the number 728? What is the significance of the number seven? Oops, I didn't want to erase. 184 plus 544. Again, 184 was the backside of Chachma. 544 was the backside of Bina. Together it equals 728. Now watch this. This is the gematria of. Tishkach, let's see. Tishkach means to forget. Tough is 400. Shin is 300. So that's already 700. Chavches is 28. 728, 20 and 8. 728. So the panemius of Chachman being uh, the inside of 72. Plus, the, plus 161, which is the Pneumius of Chachmem, being of the name Eka and Havaya, the Pneumius. When you add it together, you get 233. Gematria Zachor, remember. And 184 plus 544, the backsides of Chachmem, 728. Now we'll understand the verse that says, Zachor, remember, don't forget. That means get involved in your inside, the panemius, invest yourself, take it in. Use your panemius of Chachmem Bina, not your chitzonius, not your external. Because externally, from the Yacharayim, there is forgetting. Okay? So this is the number of forgetting, 728. Says the Ramaz, Ramosh Zakusi, hear this, this great Kabbalist. What does he say? The two years, Shinasayim Yomim, So let's take Shinasayim Yamim two years. How many days are there in a year? We discussed earlier, 365. But in the 365 days of the year, there is really 364 plus one. There's one day that doesn't really, it's beyond time. One day that's in time but it's beyond time. Which is the day that you would say that is beyond time but it's in time? It's Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is an, is is an otherworldly day. It's, it's like where time melts into the beyond time. 
So really there are 364 days in the year. Now I'm not making just a judgment on my own. The Gemara says that the word Hasatan, Satan, the devil, Satan, Shin is spells Shin Tes Nun. Shin Nun Tes is 359. Hasatan, add another five, 359 plus five, 364. So the Gemara says that the reason why Hasatan is 364 because the Satan has power in the 364 days of the year. He can get us to sin, he can prosecute, he has dominion. But there is one day of the year the Satan doesn't have dominion. So you see that the way the Gemara sees the year, it's 364 plus one. The one is a different time. So therefore, let's take 364, where, say, where the power of the year, but as it relates to Satan as well, 364, that means time mixed with all the good and all the not so good. But 364 plus 364. So 365 and 365, we said earlier from the Arizal, is 730. So 364 plus 364 is 728. So when it says Shinosayim Yamim, two years by Yosef, it's 364 plus 364, Gematria 728, which is the Gematria Tishkach. And that is the reason why, in during those two years, the butler forgot. It, the two years, the energy of forgetting. Same idea like the Arizal. But the Arizal makes it, gives you the numbers equaling 736. Counting 365 plus 365, adding the six letters, getting you to 736. And the significance of that is that it's the, it's, it represents Malchus. 736 is a number associated with Malchus. It's Adna, as we said earlier, plus the Miloy of Adna, which over there is a place of forgetting. It's already, things are watered down. It's the Acharayim of all the ten spheres. It's the back of that. The Ramaz is looking at this idea on a much higher level, meaning at a higher point of the beginning of forgetfulness, the Acharayim of Chachme and Bina, back there there's already the source of forgetting, but the numbers associated over there are the Acharayim of Chachme and the Acharayim of Bina, the back of Chachme and the back of Bina, which is the numbers associated with that are, uh, what was it, 184 plus um, 544 equals 728, 728, Gematria, the word Tishkach, which is also Shinasayim Yamim, two years, because you do 364 plus 364, which are the days of the year, equals 728, Tishkach. So the Ramah says, so only after the two years were over, now I want to say, but here's an interesting thing. He says, what provoked these two powers, these two years, this idea of two years on Yosef? Because Yosef wanted to stimulate remembrance. He wanted to connect to the energy of remembrance. And he wanted to be remembered by God. And, he, and so he wanted to tap into Zachar, into that power. And that's why he says to the butler, he says, Kiyam Zachar Zichartani, please remember me. He was trying, but the problem is, when you're dealing with an external guy and trying to evoke it doesn't work. He's not, he belongs to the world of Klippa. So what does the Zohar say? 
instead of evoking remembrance, he evoked the forces of forgetfulness. Now Yosef himself, we said before, his, is associated with the attribute of Yosod, which is where there is his Zohar, ma masculine, remembrance. So he was trying to induce something that he's related to. But he was trying to get it through this butler. So here the interesting thing. Let's take a look at the name Yosef. Right, so we got the name Yosef. This is Yosef. But let's spell out his name with the Miloy. So Yod Vav Dalid Vav. I'll tell you how he spells Vav because Vav can be spelled different ways. I want to make sure I get the right one. Oh. The Vav, he spells just the Vav Vav. Because Vav, we know sometimes it's spelled Vav Alevav. It can be spelled Vav Yud Vav. And sometimes it's just Vav Vav. And then... Samach. And Pei. Pei, he has a Pei with an Aleph or Pei with... Yeah, Pei with an Aleph. Okay, so let's add this up. Hope you guys didn't fall asleep watching here. I hope I'm entertaining you. 20, Yud is 20, Vav is 12, Samach, Mem and is 120. Because Mem is 40, Samach is 60, 40 and 60 is 100, plus Chaf is, is 120. Pei is 81, like this year. Pei Aleph. Now let's add this up. 120 plus 81 is 201, plus 12 is 213, plus 20, 233, which 233 is the gematria of the word Zachar. So Yosef has it in him, Zachar. He has the, the Zachir inside of him. He's just trying to <laughs> work that through a man of forgetfulness. So the Zohar says when he tried Zachar Eskerenu, he, he did the opposite. What, what he tried to evoke, he didn't get, and he got powers of forgetfulness that surrounded him for those two years. And the two years are associated, as we said earlier, 364 and 364, I guess the Yom Kippur-less year, without Yom Kippur. If you, if you bring Yom Kippur in, then you're not in that zone. But if you don't have Yom Kippur, and I guess that's what the Klippa is, it's the world without Yom Kippur. It's without the being connected to the Ein Sof. So the, what do you have? You have two years, 364, Gematria 728, Gematria Tishkach. So the Ramaz says, but after the two years, and he says like this, each of these years, Yosef broke the year. He broke the klipa. He broke the, the acharayim. He broke the backside of Chachma. He broke out of the backside of Bina. And after he came out of these acharayim, the backside, he went into the Pneumius, and that's what the Zohar means. The lower level was ascended into the higher level, into the place where there is no forgetting. So that's the idea of Shnosayim Yomim. So again, what, what, what comes out from all of this, is the way I'm, I'm seeing it, is that 
according to the Tzemach Tzedek's Pirush, the two years themselves are already the lower level ascending into the higher level. Because the lower, Malchus is ascending into, according to both the Ramaz and the Ari, Arizal's Pirushim, again, in the Arizal he doesn't say much, but according to the Blevi Yitzchak's interpretation of the Ari, it seems like the two years themselves are associated with forgetting. Either 736, Tashelu, Tavshin Lamed Vav, or, which is a word for forgetting, or Tishkach, 728. Okay, we're done with gematrias for tonight, with this, uh, with this idea. What I do want to conclude with is, so what we have over here, just to, 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 to wrap it up over here, is that we have these two kitsim, kates, kates, kates on the left and kates on the right. Um, and the question in Parshas Kates is which one does it mean? And as I brought you from the Rebbe yesterday, it means both. Because in Rashi itself, Rashi is, 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 is interpreting it means the end. But Rashi, the reason why Rashi has to give you interpretation, because Rashi wants to negate the possibility, which would make sense over here, to read that it's, Miketz means the beginning. I discussed this yesterday. So that's Ketz Hayamin and Ketz Hayamin, both of them possible, possible in the word Ketz. And Rashi says, Koloshin Ketzoyf, which means that Ketz includes Koloshin. Every meaning of the word kates, and as we spoke yesterday, that dafke in the, in the kates small lies the treasures and the keys to activate the kates hayamin, the right, the, the kates of the right side. Um, but it's interesting, it's a really cool idea, that in the course of this discussion, the Zohar and the Medrash are both quoting a pasuk with the word kates in it, where it says, kate sam God puts a kates to darkness, but with complete different intention. The Zohar reads the word kate sam that the kate sam is the kates of darkness. It's that extreme end, tail end of darkness that God gave choshech he gave the forces of darkness a kates, a very sharp blade. That's the kates. So it's something that they possess. So it's a dark element. And that's what the Zohar brings, is the idea of mehimi kates. The Medrash, however, says, the Abish to put a kates to Yosef's days of sorrow, it came to an end. So the kates is then a very good, it's not a bad kates. It's good news. Darkness is ending. And the Zohar is learning on Kate Sum. The reason the Zohar is saying that is because the Zohar learns a different interpretation of Kate Sum La Choshech. Not that he gives Choshech, he gives darkness a Kate, a power of Kate. He gives the, the Malach Amavas, the angel of death, a sword, God forbid. But Kate Sum La Choshech means no, God destroys Choshech. Choshech comes to an end. God puts an end to, not he gives them an end. He puts an end, he puts an expiration date to Choshech. And that's the Ketz Hayomin. That's when the Ketz of light, because Hashem releases his hand that is tied behind his back so that that hand can, can reveal itself. So that's the Ketz Hayomin, which puts an end to, Ketz, to the Choshech. 
So when you look up in, 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 in Eov, you see that this argument seemingly between the Medrash and the Zohar, two, two arguments, the different interpretations, are really also stated in the Mepharshim in Rashi <coughs> and in Metsudais. Take a look at the Pasuk. Again, Eov, Perik Chavches, chapter 28, verse Gimel. The Pasuk says, Kate Sam the Ebershta puts an end to darkness. And to every conclusion, he, he investigates. Evan Oifel, a dark stone, Vitzalmavis, and death. Yeah, so yesterday we brought the Medrash, and the Medrash is saying that darkness will come to an end. Why? Because the only reason there is darkness in the world is because of Evan, because of the stone, which is the Yetzahara, which brings Ophel, which brings darkness, Vitzalmavis, and death. But the moment the stone will melt, the stone will go away, which Kate Samlachoshacha puts an end to the Yetzahara, then Oifel Vitzalmavis will also end. There won't the world will not be anymore biyafela. So that pirush in the words Kate Sam Lachoshech that Hashem puts an expiration to darkness is the pirush of the Mitsudas David. Or the Mitsudas. Kate Sam Lachoshech. Af Lachoshech. Even to what might look like never ending darkness, some Kates, the Abish to put an end to it. Masai Tichle, when it will end. Ki because when the light will shine when the right side will be uncuffed, when its light will shine, darkness will come to an end. Okay. So that's a support to the Midrash. Rashi has a very, very interesting pirush in Kate Sam What does Rashi say? Kate Sam, Hamakim, the Abishta puts a Kate's when will darkness come? God puts an end date for when darkness to arrive. So again, he seems to be, Rashi's pirush over here is not such a bright pirush. Rashi is saying that that there is brightness in the world and the world is living and we're all kind of in the light. He's seeing the time that we're in right now as as the idea that there is a creation and the world is thriving, that's the bright world. See, according to the Mitsuda, we're now in the dark world, in exile, and that will end, it will one day get bright. Rashi's saying, we're in a bright world, we're alive, the world is standing, you know, but one day we'll get dark. Hashem puts an end, why? Because the Pasuk says, the Pasuk says that heaven will become, will disintegrate, Nimluchu generally means like it will rot. The Oretz and the earth will decay. And that's the meaning, Kate, some, Hashem put an end to when the cho, to when Choshech will, when it will get really dark. For who? For everything, because everything will disintegrate. The worlds will collapse. It would seem like Rashi's Pirush of Kate, some, Lachoshech is a very dark pirush. And it kind of fits with the pirush of the Zohar, as we said earlier, that the, that, that, that Choshech has a kate. Choshech has, a, has, a, has, a, has a, 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 an end in the sense that they have power in the end, but a, but a dark power. And again, which obviously will expire. But, but Rashi seems to be even worse than the Zohar in the sense that 
Hashem puts a time when the Choshech will just overwhelm, God forbid. The worlds will destroy. So we can't leave this. We can't leave this Rashi like this. So I'd like to share with you what the Tzemach Tzedek says in this Rashi and on the Ketzam Lechoshech. Fascinating. And then this Rashi, which seems to be such a dark Rashi and such a dark Pirush, suddenly is not so dark. It's very bright and very positive. So what does he say? I just found, just before we go to the Tzemach Tzedek, that the, the argument, what seems to be in Zohar and in the Medrash, seems to be indicates, in other words, as they, as they argue about Miketz and our parsha, and as they argue and have different interpretation on the word Ketz Sam Lachoshech, is to be found in an argument between the main Pashtanim of the Pasuk between Rashi and, and... Now, and Rashi in general, a side note, I have a question. How does this Rashi fit with what Rashi says to us in our parsha? Which Rashi says, Ketz, every Ketz means Saif, means an end. Kol, Rashi says Ketz does not mean beginning. It means only the end. Kol Lashem Ketz, he makes a blanket statement. And when it comes to Rashi over here, he seems to be saying that Ketz Sam Lechoshech is in, he's interpreting it as beginning, not as end. Not beginning of light, beginning of darkness. He's saying, Ketz, there, there is a, 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 a time when the, when, when, when the Choshech will roll in, which means the worlds will just implode and destroy. So what's the Ketz then? Ketz in that sense means an end time. By, by that time, this must start. The Choshech must come in. So I don't simply just don't get how Rashi can say it. And I was looking in the Mepharshim, and I couldn't find anybody help asking this question from Rashi himself, not learning, seemingly not to learn that Ketz means end. I had a, 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 a possible explanation that Rashi is not saying over here that Ketz means beginning, Ketz means end, but because the Ketz over here is not referring to, to the word Choshech. It's not the Ketz of the Choshech. If it would be Ketz HaChoshech, then it would mean the end of darkness. Ketz some. Hashem put a end to what? Lachoshech. So that would mean like this. He put an end to the world. That's what the Ketz means. Ketz some. It means end. Yeah, end. End to life as we know it. And then we'll start Choshech. So the Ketz, it's not beginning, it's end. It's end to, to worldly living, the end of the world as we know it, and then Choshech will come. So it would be consistent with Ketz meaning end. But it's still a dark pirush because it's, it's telling you that one day it will get really dark. And obviously this is talking about after Mashiach and after Tchiyas suddenly everything will disintegrate. Is that really what we're looking forward to? And why are we working so hard so that one day everything will, the, the, the sky and the earth will, will disintegrate? The worlds will go back to nothing? So the Tzemach Tzedek comes to the rescue. And he says like this. He says, Choshech, he brings from the Pardes. The Pardes is the Ramak, Ramusha Kurdovo. Okay, great Kabbalist. Where the Ramak says that Choshech exists on three levels. Choshech exists in Keser. 
because Kesser is called darkness. Because it's pre-light, since Kesser is infinite, Chachma is the beginning of light, of illumination. Because it's already a flash, it's already limited, it, the, 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 infinite, the infinite energy is coming through a keyhole, so it's, it's, a, it's an illumination. Kesser is where the infinite is in itself. And because it's completely incomprehensible and unknowable, it's called darkness. Yashas Chayshech Sisrei, that Hashem shrouds himself in darkness. So that's not a darkness that's beneath light. It's not a darkness, the absence of light. It's, the, it's, the, it's, it's darkness because it's too bright and no one can look at it. It's blinding. That's the reason why it's called darkness. It's higher than light. It's too private, it can't be revealed. Too intense. But that's one level of Choshech, he says. And then he says, and there's another two levels of Choshech. Second level of Choshech is in Gevura. There's Chesed. Chesed is light. And Gevura is Choshech, darkness. And then he says, the final level of, of Choshech is the choshech of the klipa, of the, of, of the forces of darkness, for, forces of unholiness. So again, we can identify darkness in three places, he says. In keser, the infinite. In gevura, when God is being strict, the attribute of gevura, darkness. And then in the forces of darkness, which are evil. And over there, there's also darkness. Three levels of darkness. So whenever we know that something is fine in three levels, means the three must be connected. So the way that Tzemach said that connects the three is he says like this. There is the lower darkness. There is evil in this world. What do we do with that evil? That evil needs to be eradicated. That's the combat, that's the whole fight between good and bad. The snake, evil, bringing the entire left side of evil. We're seeing it now running rampage and it's last, it's thinking it's gotten the last laugh, but we can tell you it's not having the last laugh. It's gonna be completely blasted, it's gonna be completely disintegrated. That's the avo, the getting rid of the darkness. But what's the prize? What's the prize when we break the darkness? When we rid the darkness or even deeper? When we convert the darkness to light? When we convert the evil to goodness? As we learned, there's the whole idea of Hanukkah menorah. We light our menorah out when it's after dark. And we light it by the window or by the doorway going out to the street. The dark place. And the point over here is until we will get rid of the rebels. Two levels, rid of the rebels, destroy them, or as like I said yesterday, bring the very, very rebels themselves to an expiration to godliness. Converting the darkness to light. That's what we do with the lower darkness. What's the prize? When we rid the world from darkness, when we break the darkness, or we even go deeper than that, we convert the lower darkness, the darkness of Klippa to light, We activate the higher supernal darkness. What happens? The supernal darkness of Keter, of Keser, of the crown, which is 
so sublime godliness that it's called dark, descends into the world in a way that we can receive it. It manifests, it's channeled into the creation, and the worlds are able to handle it. Because we've acclimated it, we've connected it. Instead of that darkness destroying the world, it doesn't destroy the world. We're able to receive it because we've taken the darkness, which is every darkness is connected, and we've assimilated the darkness into holiness. So now we have the ability to receive the darkness, the supernal darkness of Kesser. And when we understand, when the divine energy will come to the world, not from the level of light, which is the tiny little keyhole of Chachma, but will come directly to the world from Kesser, then everything is going to be exponentially gooder, <laughs> exponentially better, exponentially godlier, brighter, and endlessly more pleasurable and delightful. And the experience will just be beyond, beyond. We need the supernal darkness to turn to light. The only way to do that, however, is by, by hanging out on the bright side, we will activate more light from Chachma and from the other spherot, but never reach Keter. It's only when we engage the darkness, the dark forces, because only darkness stimulates darkness. So now we can see already the connection of two levels of Gevura. I'm sorry, two levels of Choshech, the lower darkness and the higher level. But he doesn't explain the connection, the Tzemach Tzedek doesn't explain the connection between the, the level of, of Choshech that's in Gevura, which is in the left side of the divine. Holy, but the left side. He doesn't explain, but I think I, 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 if I can dare make a suggestion, I would say, how do we combat the Klippa? The, the lowest darkness, the third level of darkness, the darkness of Klippa, through Gevura, through Gevura of holiness. In other words, we have to fight our Yetzirah. The sages say, you have to get angry at your Yetzirah. We have to do battle against the Klippa. The Hashmanayim went out and fought. They slaughtered the, the Greeks. <laughs> they went out and fought the fight. So they activated Gevura. And we in our inner battles have to fight. It's not just through Chesed. Only through love and kindness, we, we can't do it. So again, in order to change, and first to eradicate, and then to tra transform the lower darkness, we need to work with the middle darkness, which is the power of Gevura that, that, is, that is in Yitzchak's power, the power of Gevura. And King David also, Malchus we know, is, derives its Gevura is from Yitzchak, from the, from the power of Gevura, in which we wage war against darkness, but the prize that we receive is the highest level of Choshech, revealing itself in the world. Based on that, the Tzemach Tzedek says, we interpret now two, two meanings in the word Ketz Sam Lachoshech. I hear this is great. Um, to the lowest darkness, to the Klippa darkness, it means Ketz Sam Lachoshech. God will destroy puts an expiration date to the lower darkness. The lower darkness needs, needs to end. How do we end it? Through Hanukkah candles, through mitzvahs, through, through engaging, through disciplining ourselves, through winning the Eight Sahara, whatever it is. Through all of this, we battle the darkness. 
and we destroy it. Kate, we bring an end to it. So the lower, the, the, the darkness below, the angel of death, Kate, will come to an end. And maybe Kate Sam Lachoshech has the first interpretation that they, they have sharp nails and when they, at the very last moment, they're, they're, they're very dangerous because it's, 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 it, they're ferocious. Maybe that too is Kate Sam Lachoshech. He gives them that power, but it's ultimately to their own demise. And then Kate Sam Lachoshech, they're destroyed. But then he gives a much deeper pirush. Kate's, hear this. Kate's, some, Hashem put an end time for how long the supernal darkness will be blocked. When that Kate's arrives, Kate's, some, he, arri he creates the Kate's for the Choshech to enter. Which Choshech? The supernal Choshech of Keset to reveal itself. You know, there is an end for how long it will be dark and inaccessible and unknowable. At a certain point, he puts an end to that darkness. That means that the supernal darkness stops being dark. It starts becoming bright, which means accessible, experienceable within the universe, within the creation. So that's a much, that's the choshech. Hashem puts an end to how long it will be choshech, which is, means hidden from, from, from all the worlds, from all the experience of holiness. So that choshech will manifest, will reveal itself. And he says, he wants to, then the Tzemach says, and that could be, we can read that into Rashi. This is so beautiful. He says, remember I said to you, Rashi has a very strange pirush. When will the darkness roll in and the heaven and earth will disintegrate? He says, yeah, the heaven and earth which will disintegrate, what Rashi is talking about is the male and female element of klipa. The Zuchra and Nukva of Klipa, the Zun of Klipa is called heaven. The masculine side of Klipa is called heaven. The feminine side of Klipa is called earth. It's the male and female of the left side. That will disintegrate. And that means the heaven and earth of Klipa will disintegrate. But what's going to happen then? It's not going to be just a, a heaven and earth destroyed. Ah, and then a new heaven and a new earth will descend which is one of the prophecies regarding Mashiach a new heaven and a new earth will reveal itself what's that heaven and earth? that's the heaven and earth that's revealing built and conveying the supernal darkness so that's what Rashi means a time will come when the higher Choshech will reveal itself other, and Rashi brings the Shemaim and Aretz Nimluchu, they will be destroyed. That's the lower darkness, the darkness of Klippa, for the higher darkness, Kate Samla Choshech, for that Choshech to manifest. But he says, based on this two interpretations of Kate Samla Choshech, a third interpretation to Kate Samla Choshech. And now here's the third one. The only way we can stimulate and channel and activate and bring the supernal darkness is only through when we're rubbing against, when we're, we're, um, we're banging at, we're, we're, we're uh, stimulating the supernal darkness through our battle with the klipa darkness. It's for that reason that God keeps the klipa around. 
Because without darkness, we couldn't, we, couldn't, we couldn't channel the higher darkness. So there needs to be, in other words, if they would be blown away immediately by Avram Avinu, by Yaakov Avinu, by whatever, by King David, if King, it says, you know, you can see that, that when, when, uh, Yaakov, when Avram has his uh, covenant with God, it says that he, makes the, he cuts the animals, and then the vulture comes, and it wants to eat the animals, wants to peck at them, and Avram Avinu chases them away. So it's, Rashi says it means that King David swoops down. He wants to destroy the nations and Avram doesn't let him. Why? Because if, there, if there's no challenge, if there's no darkness, we, will, we won't be able to have Mashiach. We won't be able to have the true revelation. The real goodness can only come from destroying the darkness and transforming the dark. But we need darkness. Only the darkness has the potent potency to activate Kesser. So what, what are the two perushim we said, which leads us to the third perush right now? Ketzam l'choshech is ultimately darkness will disappear, the lower dark, the klipa dark will disappear. Either it will be destroyed or it will be converted. Which will lead for ketzam l'choshech, an end time when the supernal darkness will also end because it will become bright. In order for these two things to happen, God sets a minimum time for how long this game will last for us, to, for, us to, for us to do combat with darkness. In other words, Kate's, and here's the third period, Kate's some, Hashem puts a Kate's, over here Kate's means not that he makes it expire. He gives them lasting time. He gives them, by saying they have an end, also means that they have a certain period of time for how long they're around. Yeah, they end at a certain point, but he gives them existing till then. And eventually they end. But the reason that he gives them existence and pretty prolonged time, he gives the choshech, because without choshech we can't accomplish anything. So God, so the kates in the third period has a yen and no in it. It has a kates to the darkness, but it also means it has an existence until that kates. It's like if I put an expiration date on a bottle of milk, I'm saying two things. I'm saying don't drink it after whatever, uh, you know, December tw uh, 22nd. But I'm also saying that until December 22nd, this milk is good. So God gives them an existing, an existence, so that they're around so that we can channel through them. The main thing is, from all of this, it should be Vahimi Kates. It should be already Kates Samla Choshech, that a clip of darkness should be completely expire. We're watching the world, as I mentioned yesterday, so much of the clipa is flipping over to holiness. The rest of the clipa that's just burying itself in extreme ugliness should just implode yesterday. We on our end should take ourselves out of, of being caught up in it because it's very tempting to allow ourselves to follow it and to, to be busy with it. Let's extract ourselves, get into the Kates of Kedusha, and hopefully that will hasten and bring about the Kates Hayamin, the, 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 the beginning of goodness and the beginning of holiness, a place where, and a place where, as we said earlier, there's no forgetting, only remembrance. God will remember us. We will remember God. And we will have
we will have the revelations of Mashiach, as I saw from the Bnei Yisachar, he says, after the 2,000 years of Torah, because it says in the Yamim can also mean not just a year, but a thousand years. 2,000 years, he says, at the end of the 2,000 years of Torah. There's 2,000 years of Torah, sorry, 2,000 years of chaos, 2,000 years of Torah, 2,000 years of Mashiach. So at the conclusion of 2,000 years of Torah, today we're actually at the conclusion already of 2,000 years of Mashiach, almost at the end of it. Uparo cholem, paro means the level of powerful revelation of godliness is called paro. Paro means complete exposure, complete the level of keser. Cholem comes from the word, gets very strong. Yachlimenu means to be healed, to become strong. Paro, the revelation becomes very strong. And that's where we're holding right now. Should be already that the paro cholem. There should be these galas of of all lights with all of its intensity, with all of its power. Let's experience the full revelation of Mashiach Tzadkenu, especially now since it's already the seventh night of Hanukkah. We're going into the eighth night of Zeus Hanukkah. We're expecting super miracles this year. May we see already the light of the Geula Shalema. Thank you for joining. And I hope uh, you're leaving with uh, some enlightenment and not not chasvashom confusion because there's a lot of ideas over here, but I uh, hope you'll help, you'll continue to sort it all out. Afrelech and Chanukah, a good chodesh, and only only good to everyone. Mashiach now.